Welcome to Inappropriate Conversations. Hello, my name is Greg, and this program is Inappropriate Conversations. Each week I intend to join you and try to mix together some things that we've always been told as a society we need to keep separated. I'm referring to the old adage about politics, sex, and religion being unwelcome topics at the dinner table. I have a friend at church, in fact, who has shared that um, she has a relative who's very, very strict about this. If you come to his house, you'll be welcomed in, but if you bring up conversation about politics, sex, or religion, you'll be summarily dismissed. Well, I don't have that same point of view. My family and I have a disagreement of opinion. I believe I've been the black sheep of not just my own family, but literally every family I've known. And I think that the problem with the term black sheep is it tends to refer to an idea that you're somehow uh, misbehaving. I don't feel that it necessarily means that you're rough around the edges or difficult or engaging in suspect or questionable behavior. I think it just means that you're different. And I think if those who know me best stopped to ask themselves the question, they would acknowledge that if anything else, uh, Greg is different. Think about the online communities that I'm with. Uh, there's some things about me that make me a little bit out of step, perhaps, with others. And certainly uh, in my family, I, I have that same quality. I want to talk a little bit about these three things from a not-for-dinner conversation perspective. And basically, what I'm saying is that I think that we need to bring these concepts together and not keep them separated. We need to be willing to be politically incorrect. We need to resist at all, at all costs the segregation of ideas. And we need to make sure that we're not falling into the temptation of letting the uninformed hold on to their dreams. These are not things that describe me. Will I say some things that are potentially upsetting? I think that I might. Um, I intend to do my best to try to protect my family's interest and to keep my current place of business out of it, but there may be some people who attend the same church that I do and worship the same way that I do who feel um, uncomfortable that I'm trying to talk about some things that sometimes our churches keep under the carpet. And likewise, from a political perspective, I already know that I drive most people who share my political persuasion just absolutely nuts because I don't tow the bottom line. I've been a member of the Republican Party before, I've been a member of the Democratic Party before, and I have never for one moment fit in well with either one of them. We'll uh, talk about that as we proceed through the program. I intend the format of inappropriate conversations to be fairly short. I'm going to deal with a particular, fairly well-focused idea and try to keep things you know, pretty far away from that one-hour format. 
I think that one-hour format for a show like this is great if you're inserting a lot of humor or if you're bringing in other elements like interviews. But if you're really talking about a political issue or a social issue, um, if you're dealing with sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but looking at them from a political or religious perspective, I think it's probably a good idea to keep things focused and to keep things tight. Please give me a little leeway here. What I think it's going to take for me is probably at least three episodes. I want to use this introductory program to tell you a little bit more about who I am and where I'm coming from. And in the next episode, I want to introduce the only segment I intend to use in this show. There'll be a topic every week, and there will also be a special segment every week. And I will introduce that while talking a little bit about some, you know, fairly personal things from my my creative life, my creative past. And the third show is where I think it'll all come together, and you may get a sense of what it's like to actually have an inappropriate conversation. First, a few things that represent my point of view. One is that the truth is always pretty. I think we all know that that's, on its face, a lie. But what I mean by that is that the truth is always ultimately pretty. There may be moments where things that are true and real are cringeworthy or embarrassing in some way. But at the end of the day, I believe in truth with a capital T. I believe that there is something that is absolutely factually true. Cuts to the core of who we are as people. That truth may be that everything else besides that one central idea is relative. I'm willing to have a somewhat open mind about that. But the one thing I will insist is that the truth, when you really find the truth, it's ultimately going to be something that is, maybe pretty is not a strong enough word. Maybe I'll use the kind of terminology you occasionally hear in the writings of even Albert Einstein, who, who refers to the universe as ultimately being beautiful. It's a similar concept. Another idea that I'd like to put out there is that diversity, while being a horribly overused idea, is a very important idea. We are stronger together. From a biblical perspective, the Acts of the Apostles spends a lot of time as a book talking about Paul and others travels throughout Asia Minor, um, what we call today Southern Europe, spreading the gospel. Paul recognized that diversity was very important, that there was a single truth he wanted to share, a good news message, as, as we call it, but that that truth needed to be heard by both Jew and Gentile, by those who were at the time slaves or free men, and from as many different cultures as possible. So sometimes you'll hear a conservative backlash against the idea of diversity. I'm afraid that perhaps far too many Christian churches in America, and if you haven't noticed already, I'm an American, have a significant lack of diversity to them. But I think diversity is very, very important. Another fact I'd like to put out there is that we must wake up to the fact that we can't live in the good old days. The number one reason I have for thinking we can't live in the good old days is that I'm not persuaded those good old days ever actually existed. If the good old days did exist, though, um, 
we must recognize that the world has changed dramatically and quickly in intervening years. I give myself permission to speak freely. I want to try to find a way to make sure that people have permission to speak freely to me as well. It's hard to call this program an inappropriate conversation when it's essentially a one-speaker show. But dialogue doesn't necessarily have to take place person-to-person, or in this format, it doesn't have to take place in the form of um, call-in contributions. I think I'm open to the idea of audio MP3 files, but it's not something that I've put a lot of time into figuring out the logistics of. In the meantime, though, let me offer up an email address so that if there are questions I can answer, points that I should consider, you'll be able to get that information to me via email. That email address is the letters IC, that stands for Appropriate Conversations, IC underscore Greg, G-R-E-G. All right, so here it goes. I'll put it all together. IC underscore Greg at Hotmail.com, H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot com. That's the way that people can get a hold of me initially, and I think it will continue to be the way that people can get a hold of me personally. Hi, I'm Tony Pucci, and I lost my sister Jenny to ALS. Songs for Jenny is a charity CD for ALS patient care and research. Otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS is a disease without a cure. The Songs for Jenny CD features my music along with guest vocalists from around the world. All proceeds from the sale of the Songs for Jenny CD will be donated to the ALS Association of America, Minnesota chapter. To find out more and to purchase the CD, please visit www.songsforjenny.com. I give myself permission to speak freely, and in doing so, I want to start in this particular show by letting you know just a little bit about who I am. From a work perspective, I'm a former journalist. I was trained um, to work in newspapers, and I I did for more than just a year or so. Worked as a copy editor, worked as a columnist, and um, worked as as a reporter for a bit as well. I have a certain degree of passion about American newspaper journalism in particular, and obviously if you really do feel strongly about American newspaper journalism, you're not just going to have some passion, you're also going to have a little bit of sadness as well, because the state of newspapers today is, well, frankly, not very strong. It's uh, it's a sad turn of events, in fact. I'm also an ex-movie theater projectionist and front-end manager, and a former record store manager. If you do a little bit of math against those businesses, I think it's easy to see how those businesses themselves have really had tough times lately. Of the three, the movie theater business being the strongest and most healthy surprises me, to be honest. Um, For a while there, it looked like VHS tapes might pose a significant threat to the movie theater business, but that industry seems to be doing okay. I can't say the same thing for American newspapers and magazines. I have many friends who still work in those businesses, and it's a struggle. I don't think any of the three businesses that I've cited here are in as much danger as record stores, though, because currently the record industry's model simply isn't working when it comes to uh, having a standalone record store, especially one with a large and uh, significant amount of inventory from a variety of genres. But it works even less, I think, these days for your old-fashioned 
Mall record store. That's a little bit about who I am as a, as a, as a worker, as an employee. Um, from a religion perspective, I'm a Protestant. And if you don't know much about Christianity, at some point I may try to explain that concept a little bit more fully and completely. For now, it's probably enough to say that if Martin Luther hadn't initiated what we kind of refer to today as the Protestant Reformation, somebody like me might have had to do it. I don't say that as a way of trying to draw a divide between Catholicism and Protestants. It's not what I'm about. Um, I was christened in, christened in the Catholic Church, spent several years attending both Catholic Mass and Protestant services, but when the time came to be of age to make my own decision, I chose to go in the Protestant direction. The denomination that I attend, in fact, is a group that's a Protestant group of a Protestant group. So I'm two reforms away from the Roman Catholic Church. And I will offer this. The Protestant movement that my denomination reformed from probably was every bit as sketchy and has as much to apologize for as the Roman Catholic Church ever would. My closest friends who are Catholic, I think, would probably be quick to acknowledge that the church in the 1500s and probably in the few hundred years before then had a lot to answer for. The Roman Catholic Church today does not look like it did 500 years ago, 600 years ago. And to be honest, the Protestant Church in America doesn't look like it did 100 or 200 years ago either. I am neither liberal nor conservative. I avoid at all costs what I refer to as groupthink. And today, both liberals and conservatives are horrifyingly guilty of groupthink. There's a Sam Rayburn quote, former Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, who said, if two people agree on everything, only one of them is doing any thinking. I would suggest to you that it's possible that there are only two people in America's leading political parties who are doing any thinking, because there seems to be a lot of groupthink from the liberal camp and from the conservative camp. I would offer to say that I am neither Democrat nor Republican, but I think on some level I'm probably both. I have been a Democrat who voted for Republican presidents. I've been a Republican who's voted for Democrat presidents. The truth is, I'm not that good at picking presidents at all, because the qualities that I look for in the leader of the country that I live in do not tend to find the kind of consensus that leads to winning popular votes in enough states to become elected. I have a horrible track record, in fact, of casting a vote that ultimately elected the person who would become president. And to be honest with you, in most years, I'm very proud of that fact. Because in most years, I'm pretty unhappy with the person who calls himself the president of the United States of America. So we'll get a little bit into concepts of liberal and conservative in fact, I intend to spend perhaps two episodes in a row trying to talk about what it means to go beyond liberal and conservative. Take it as a given that I personally am well beyond any concepts of Republican or Democrat. So that covers the ideas of politics, religion, um, how you do your job. Um, I've left out sex. Um, I'm going to avoid that topic by and large for now. At some point, I'm going to get to it. 
and when I get to it, I might hit it from a surprising angle. But it's enough to say for now that I am passionately married. I'm going to come to the topic from a distinctly heterosexual perspective, and why not? That's who I am. And my experiences will follow soon. But it's enough to say that I've got an open mind about these issues from multiple perspectives. I don't believe that with my limited personal experience, being happily married for decades now, um, to the woman that I, that I still love and dream about, I don't believe that puts me in a position to criticize somebody who can't claim to have the same kinds of experiences. That person may not understand what it's like to walk a mile in my shoes. I frankly have a hard time conceiving of what it would be like to put his shoes on. So I try to play fair and I'm open to people calling me on it if I don't. This has been our first inappropriate conversation, and I want to end it by giving you a little bit of an internet kind of resume on what I'm like and who I am. First off, you're listening to a program that comes to you via most likely a podcast or an RSS feed. So it seems only fair that I tell you the podcasts that I love. The goal of this episode is to let you know where my passions are and what I'm about. There can probably be no better way than to take people who listen to podcasts and introduce me to you by telling you the podcasts that I care the most about. If I really went through the list, it would take hours. I'm a huge fan of this particular media, not just because it's new. In fact, I tend to be a relatively slow adapter of new technology. But for whatever reason, this do-it-yourself approach this anti-mainstream approach really and truly works for me. So to give you a quick glimpse into the programs that I enjoy the most, I want to cite the top three. I'm going to do it from the perspective of the top three networks, so I'm going to cheat a little because some of these have more than one program embedded in them. But I can guarantee you, you will not be wasting your time to visit every one of these websites and spend some time exploring the episodes that are there. The other reason that I want to tell you about my top three from a podcast perspective is that I do not pretend to be the best answer for questions about politics or questions about religion or questions about the rest, sex, drugs, rock and roll, comedy, entertainment. I'm not the best source for these things. If what you want is something beyond an inappropriate conversation, if what you would like is to get down into the depth and the details I'm going to recommend three programs that will get you there. Number three on my list, and I am going in order of my personal passions and my personal preferences. Number three on my list is Dan Carlin, www.dancarlin.com. Once you go there, you're going to find two programs, Hardcore History, which is wonderfully unique from an historical program perspective. But the one I really want to point you to is common sense. Dan Carlin's common sense does politics the way I like to hear politics done. I think you're going to find that he goes into more detail, covers more topics, and is richly rewarding. And I'm going to be the first to confess what he does on his program, far more professional. I'm using a do-it-yourself approach. Number two on my list is Rick Moyer. You will find him at TakeHimWithYou.com. I am not 
an ordained pastor. I can tell you what the Bible says. I can share with you my personal faith, but I do not presume to be an educated professional Bible teacher. And I think that you're going to be in great hands from an online podcast perspective. If you try to get that level of quality, um, spirituality, for the program, take him with you at takehimwithyou.com. Rick Moyer advertises the show as being spiritual, but not religious. What he means by that is, you're not going to get evangelized on his show. You're not going to get proselytized on his show. He's not going to use his program as a means by which of denigrating people of other faiths. He's not going to get divided up and carved up into denominational issues, which are so theologically deep, while at the same time being, in my opinion, sometimes intellectually shallow. He's a simple man, sharing you not just his faith, but also things going on in his family and in his life. And he does so in a way that is incredibly genuine. You're not going to get better information about what Christianity is all about, what the Bible says, from uh, an authority that's any more down-to-earth than Rick Moyer. Number one, and in my opinion, this is number one by a mile, is simplysyndicated.com. www.simplysyndicated.com has a variety of programs on it most of which are entertaining, even the ones that are funny, come away as quite informative from time to time. And the format has a very loose, easygoing approach. Uh, Movies You Should See is the flagship show on that network, and it literally is four friends sitting around talking about either a movie or a particular actor or a director. Uh, It has a casual feel to it. And it's incredibly welcoming in its approach. So if we turn to Dan Carlin from the perspective of who gives you a deeper dive into politics, and if we turn to Rick Moyer and his show Take Him With You as who gives you a deeper dive into religion, well, what does that leave? It kind of leaves the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I think you're going to find the right balance and the right mix of those things over at www.simplysyndicated.com. And if you think I'm just saying it, go and take a look. Hooked might be the best drugs information podcast in the world today. For those about, for those about to rock, albums you should hear, certainly there's programs there that cover the rock and roll side of it as well. Um, I don't believe that I can accuse them of having a strictly sex-based program. But it's fair enough to give you a warning that most of the shows on the network carry an explicit tag. And as often as not, they find a way to earn it. So, I'm serious about having an inappropriate conversation. I'm serious about doing it on a very regular basis. My goal is every week. I'm going to bring together these things which some people feel shouldn't have any relationship to each other. And I'm going to challenge you. In America, we have this idea that the separation of church and state, a concept I frankly richly believe in, that this concept somehow means that we should never even discuss questions of politics and religion together. I disagree. I'm going to violate that rule on a regular basis. Some people would suggest that sex and religion don't belong together as topics because Christianity is anti-sex. Well, I've got news for you. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
Christianity is not anti-sex. Christianity simply has some ideas about the ways that you can live life to the fullest. So, don't be surprised if I bring together concepts that otherwise might not seem to be happy bedfellows. Strange Bedfellows works for me, and I hope you'll return to find out just exactly what kind of combinations we put together in this inappropriate conversation. Until next time, I've been Greg. Thanks for joining me. Music by Kevin McLeod.